welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy and God bless. Any first time guests in the sense of, you know, people that are visiting us, uh, uh, perhaps uh, looking for a church or visiting family, but we do have a very, very, two very special first time guests with us today. And I'm so excited to introduce uh, them to you. Dan Lucero is president of the Foursquare Churches in France. As a matter of fact, he oversees all of the French-speaking nations as far as Foursquare. Dan is responsible for caring for some 10,000 churches across the French-speaking countries. Uh, He works on five continents and in more than 30 countries. He's very well-traveled, to say the least. Um, Dan is a member of the Ecumenical um, Commission of the French Protestant Federation. He's active in the major interdenominational dialogue of the Global Christian Forum. He's been married for 25 years to his lovely, beautiful, gracious wife, Martine, who's a gifted singer and worship leader. Have we known, huh? (laughs) Uh, Together they have four beautiful children, Jeremiah, Melissa, Julia, and Mark, and their children live and study in the the United States, in Canada, and in France. Uh, Over the past 30 years, Dan has personally been, been involved in seeing thousands of leaders established. So I want you to understand something. Dan is not just a speaker. Dan is a developer of leaders. And and Dan and Martine walks in a very apostolic anointing, which is something God seems to be doing in this church, Pastor Rod, huh? We talked about it yesterday. How God is, is, is sending and connecting with us men and women who hold a very special place in the kingdom of God. So please do not take for granted uh, the anointed vessels that God has allowed to come and be with us today. And also, one thing about this church, you guys, you love to support missions and missionaries. Um, What a great ministry to sow into. Um, So I want you to consider given to Dan this morning um, uh, you can give online we'll make sure that's set up online you can you can give here locally uh, just drop it in the box put on the envelope what portion you, will go to, you want to go to Dan but I'm so so excited to have them with us this morning will you please welcome Dan and Martine Lacerra Hallelujah. Is this on? Yeah, thank you. Hi, good morning. Good morning, bonjour. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like having a seat up here because I get tired of seeing all these people when I speak sitting and me having to stand. No. So we're, we're really here this morning. Yeah. We're so honored by the graciousness of, uh, of Pastor Yui and Ruth. And what a joy 
to be here and all glory unto God. You know, it feels like uh, being in the kitchen when you go into someone's house. You, you have a sense, the smell, just the, the smell of uh, where people live is who they are, right? The way they cook, the way they perfume themselves, the way they clean the house, everything is a, a scent to the house. And this is the scent we got today. It was being in the hot kitchen of God's you know, place because of the worship and the willingness to really lay down whatever and worship him. Not just stay in the soul and just have a good time, but to really get close to him and go beyond the soul, go really into the spirit, wanting to reach out, to thrive for the spirit. So this felt like that this morning. And I think it was just defrost, so we're not over yet, okay? <laughs> so, so hold on. It's, it, we're, I'm not happy that there's no visitors here, you know, Pentecost Sunday. I'm not for, I'm a preacher, we want every seat. But it's kind of good to see that because really this is an in-house meeting this morning, okay? And I go all over the world and... We want to remember that we are all called to the mission field, okay? This is not a, a specialized profession. This is not somebody we pay to do our work, right? You know, that's, that's the, the traditional thing. So these calendars are so important, but they're really in-house calendars. Pentecost is for us as a church to remember. Now, we cannot create the past, and we're going to move through the message this morning, bringing us to the present, because Jesus Christ Amen. is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. So this is important for us in the house to have a time apart, to remember, to go back to the roots of what, what makes us, sets us apart. What's special about the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and why it was important he go away, and why it was important that in doing so, he would leave the comfort of the Holy Spirit with us. But when we get out there in the world, they don't know the calendar of Pentecost, okay? Right. Plus, it changes every year, yeah, right? That's kind of strange, but I won't go there. Yeah, yeah. And I live in Europe. We live and based in Europe, and we go all over the world. And guess what? The world's changed. Yes. Yeah. Amen? We cannot be asking them to come to us. Come on, mm. we c that's over. On. Look at your neighbor and say, it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. And if we continue to function and structure our churches, our lives, based on us reaching kind of Christians, it's over. It's over. Because many times we structure our mission or our thing just moving around Christians, how to attract them, how to do it. It's not bad. We need to do everything in excellence. But it is over. The mindset is over. And as we transition and go to them, we realize out there today, they're not thinking Pentecost Sunday, yeah. right? That's not on. But we are because we're in-house. Yeah. And we're going to get the most out of it today. But we need to, to come back to the, this is about us. Yeah. And when we go out there, it's not about Pentecost Sunday. And we're okay with that. We're okay that, you know what, it's not on their radar, but we want to live the Pentecost Sunday out there with them. Amen. That's the secret, and that's the life of fulfilling the great commission, yes, yes. the great call. Yes. So uh, my wife and I are going to do this together today. It's, we, we didn't update our, our introduction. It's 29 years we've been married. Yeah. Right. Hallelujah. And I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you guys to work, if you don't mind. 
I'm going to call you the Gideon, the Gideon crowd. You know, Gideon? Come on, Jubilee. Gideon, you know? Gideon. Oh, my gosh. Do you see that? Now, you don't make laugh, laugh at me. We might, we might, yeah, we, he's forgetting we, might, we might come out words a little bit weird, but that's, this is Pentecost Sunday, so we're looking for interpreters. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. We're just preparing you. We're preparing you. The Holy Spirit's alive and at work. But I'm going to call you the Gideon group because my our oldest boy is 28 years old today. Okay. And typically, I try, when I can, and when I'm speaking, I wanna, I'm going to ask, because I feel like it's family, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to film you guys singing happy birthday to him. Would you do that with me? Yes. Now, I'll tell you a story about last November, our youngest, our baby, was turning 18, and I was preaching in Nigeria. And why I call you the Gideon, because in Nigeria, after 30,000, 40,000 people at our conferences, we just stopped counting. So he was really impressed. My son was like kicking it up. I put it on Facebook for him. He had these tens of thousands of people singing happy birthday. But it doesn't matter the number, right? It's the sweetness and the quality. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you hold this for me. Yes. And we're going we're gonna, to, she's a worship leader. So we'll play something right there. You're going to lead us happy birthday. Okay, happy birthday. And uh, No, 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 I'm just. No, but we're going to lead us to sing. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go one, two, three. This is a happy birthday. His name is Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jeremiah. Happy birthday to You're a fun group of people. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. And I know you can all identify how much, um, you know, in our own story, the way we've been led. And, and I still know where I came from. I was just a, a young man. Uh, I did I have many nationalities now based on different backgrounds. My mom's from Canada. My dad was uh, from the United States and uh, from Wyoming. And I lived in Virginia. I, I grew up in Virginia. And I, I'm French now, thanks to my wife. Uh, and then I hitchhiked around the world. And I met, I met the Lord on a, on a road in Spain. And um, I was never going back to school or never. You know, ne you know what that's like in our faith. Never say never. And uh, um, that, that over the years, as we've been led step by step, I, I, I really see it, it's the grace of God, but with family, how to raise your children, how to keep them. And so what you just did today is a, a special uh, a touching to my heart as a father that you would share my son's birthday with me. Thank you. Now we're about the, the Lord's business this morning. Amen. Um, we've always been about the Lord's business already. Don't you like that? We're going to start now, you know, and, don't, and, the, and when we get near the end, when someone says, a pe preacher says, now, for finishing, you know they're not telling the truth. They never finish. I mean, you just say, I'm going to finish, it's going to keep going. So we're going to also not, not we're going to avoid that. Um, we want to speak this morning on, uh, together, and we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit, the comforter, 
the Lord. And the, the word we, we titled this as, the Holy Spirit will teach and remind, guide and baptize. Now, as I said, we were not going to be able to recreate Pentecost, but let, let's look at it again afresh. Let's, get, let's remember the, the freshness of those moments and encounters. And in fact, when we really get into a walk with the Spirit, a walk with the Lord, we realize it's not a one-time event. Amen? The, the real scriptures say be continually baptized, continually moved and washed. And that's where we begin to live that, that missional life in, in a deeper way. It's, it's, it's not in any way to disdain or discredit or, or, or not even appreciate what we have been able to do thus far. But really, he wants us to continue more with him. The, the glory will be his, not of, all, of us. And, the, and we want to talk about this this morning. And uh, I've often joked uh, that I have two people in my life that are at the same level, the Holy Spirit and my wife. And I'm, I'm a, we weren't planning this this morning, but, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't have elbows like my wife, you know. And, and sometimes in that world we walk in, you know, we need that jab of the Holy Spirit, but it's actually given through my wife. So I hold them both in high esteem. So, I, could, I could never replace the Holy Spirit. That's just a joke. <laughs> Though the Holy Spirit can really use me to say things in very opportune times when it's needed. And uh, that does not come out of my reasoning. So that's the walking in the, in the Spirit. It can be surprising sometimes in situations. If we can put up the first scripture this morning uh, from John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Uh, you know, I grew up in, the, in kind of the South, you know. We mind your P's and Q's. And, and, but we sure needed to be reminded. You know, it is, it is such a repetitive thing you got you to gotta do with young children to teach them. In fact, when I... When I first read the Bible, and, and, and I remember reading, starting at Genesis, and God said, where are you, Adam? I got nervous. I thought God didn't know where Adam was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then I raised kids, and I remember my one boy. I told him 15 times not to do something. 15 times I corrected it. When he, and one time he did it right in front of my face, yeah. right where I was sitting. And I just reached out, and before, before I could, my utterance was, where are you? Where is your head? And I said, that's what God was saying to Adam. Where's your head? And I realized when God asks questions, it's not for him. <laughs> the question's for us, all right? You figure that out with the Holy Spirit. So, so the work of God, of the Holy Spirit, is to guide us and, and to, to teach us. Uh, the Holy Spirit and the Father, he will teach us all things, and he will remind us because we forget things. Uh, the uh, teachability is probably the greatest quality. I think we need to be people of the Spirit. Okay? In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, Come on to me, all you who are weak and burdened, heavy laden. And you will find, uh, let me read it in the, in the scripture, and you, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In, in other translations, it, it says, receive my instruction. And you will learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, is, is that representative of the Father who Jesus said, I must go away and, uh, and that I will send him to you. And he's never about himself. He, he wants to glorify Jesus at all times. And now we're not, uh, we're not immune to giving credit and to recognizing and honoring where honor is due. But really the Holy Spirit's sole work is to point us to the Lord, to, to glorify Christ in all things. And in, and in this passage, the, the little part about humility to be teachable. Um, you know, who was the most humble person on earth according to scriptures? Who was? Did I hear that? Moses. Now, what was Moses doing at that time? He was leading probably six million people, just counting the men. We don't know how many. So, you know, we can get pretty puffed up just leading 600 people, right? Uh, and Moses was, was considered the most humble person on earth. But why? Because he communed daily with his Lord. He had to be in position that if the cloud moved, or the flame moved, he had to mobilize the millions of people under. He, he lived on a short, I call it a short leash. And this is really what, it's not a control, it's a relationship, but to be teachable. Humility is teachableness at the center of the essence of what humble is. It's not being poor, it's not being you know, nice, it's not being kind, it's not being gentle. Gosh, in Europe, if I open the door for somebody at a grocery store, they look at me and say, you're the nicest person in the world. I go, what's going How far have we come? How far? And the world is getting that way. When we engage and interact with people, they are going to be more and more taken by that fact. But may it be with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So, so Moses was teachable. And I raised my, my four kids. We're raising them. And you know when, those, you, know when you go to your children, hey, Hey, you know, it's kind of breezy outside or cold. Can you shut the door when you come in? Yeah. And they go, I know. Okay. You, you know, in the nighttime, it's better to prepare your bags before morning so you're fresh. I know. Okay. When you go to the refrigerator, when you open the, the sauce, you know, it's nice to put, I know. And I go, after a while, I say, well, if you know everything, why don't you do it? Now we're picking on our kids, but we got a lot of grown-up I-knowers. And, hello? You might not walk, welcome me back. <laughs> and that little, you know, we cannot disciple. About leadership development and training, the work of the Holy Spirit's a 24-7 affair with us. That's a love affair. As ministers, as this context of the church is just what it is. The most beautiful thing I've ever seen about a church is a sign I was in once, and only the preacher could see it when you spoke. And it was, you know, fairly extensive. But it said, this is a Holy Spirit filling station. Fill up all you can and go out and come back when you need more. We, we need to look at this as, as, a, as a part of a, empowering, as a filling up by the Holy Spirit, and we go out. And part of the great discipleship God has for us as he develops us is out there, our workplace, our places of encounter. And, you know, the, uh, the, the unfortunate thing about spirituality is we can break it out where if pastor speaks or an anointed speaker or someone recognized, we'll receive it. 
But I'm going to tell you, God's hand is not short to save nor limited to speak to us. And many times on my journey, God is using some of the people, the most un, unimagined to me to speak to me. And when I read the scriptures, I get to the point where I see a prophet. God had to use a donkey to speak to the prophet. So don't get to that point. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty far out there. But our attentiveness to the learnings and the walkings of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's a 24-7 situation. And it's, it's, it's probably the key for us to go farther in the depth is learning and, and understanding that all of these things, these systems, these orders, it's just what they are. They're seasonal. We appreciate what God's given us, the community, the functioning, the traditions. But we're in a time of change. And the church has to lead. You have to lead it. You have to, you know, sometimes what I would do, Pastor, you, we would, in many places we go, we would just one morning just change the chairs around, right? Just instead of sitting like this, just change them another way. Boy, you, everybody come in and look, look like you're at the first grade at the elementary school first day. Every, and everybody walking around, where am I going? What's going on here? But just to shake it up. Just, to, just to, the smallest thing to see we're in this journey with the Holy Spirit. And the second Part of this first point is reminding us. Yes. The, the Spirit, we have received, and you need, you need to go back in your own lives. We all do. And write down those little remas. You know, a rema is the personal word of God made alive for you. Yes. Prophecy is prophecy, and the Bible has its unique context and time, but that transcends time. The eternal word of God yes. speaks to us today. We don't seek the prophecy. We, speak, we seek the giver of prophecy. We don't seek the word. We speak he who wrote the word. But in our life, we have been given words. I can today cite the four or five that have allowed me to be positioned where I am today. But when was the last time you had a word? And when was the last time that you remember? This is where you have to be when, when we talk about attention, being attentionate is when you hear something, not let it drop, but to really take it to heart and to actually bring it back out and say, no, God said that. God said that. Just like as much as for healing, it can be something else. It can be a direction. And sometimes we're a little bit coward or lazy. And we we wait, Mm. but we should be ready for it. Mm. And, And that come back to that scripture. Come to me, all you who labor. And are heavy. If you're not laboring, you might not get this benefit of this word. Right? God's a real economical God. It's not to, to push you to do more, but it, 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 is, it is a pursuing of God. And I, I think we've lost sometimes some of that energy, some of that need. It's, we're, we're not talking about being religious. We really talk about focus. Uh, the, uh, and the, the yoke is an interesting thing. I'll just say real quick. You know, the yoke is used... What Christ is saying here at this point is, I want to yoke you to me. Yes. And, yes. and when I've worked, I'm a farmer from basic heart. That's what we did in Spain. We, we developed rehabilitation farms, farms to help. We helped thousands of people come out of addictions, drugs, alcohol. It's called REMAR. It went global 35 years ago. We met in Spain, and we trained the first generation. It was a who, prototype farm, and uh, that really it was a tool to help people uh, just come out of drugs, out of the street, out of prostitution, and uh, and then just uh, learn new skills. Yes. 
you know, so that they would go back. And, and, and the importance of changing atmosphere. And, and I learned a lot. I wasn't smart enough to know then. And that's also a good thing to recognize with God and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That you, we don't know. Yeah. But we, we follow. And the wisdom of God to use animals and, and farming to reestablish foundations and, and hard work. The, the power, we, we had so many deliverances and systematically had to deliver uh, from legions sometimes. But the follow-up and the rebuilding of a life uh, was, was amazing, to build character. So, um, and the yoke, as I, I worked with animals and I... I and I worked where you always put a younger animal, a horse, with an older. Because the younger gets out there in the morning sun, he says, let's go for it. And, he want, and he's bite, chopping at the bit, they say. And the older, one, more mature one goes, whoa, 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 hold on. The day's long. I'm, it, this, it looks good now. What is that saying? If you want to go... Fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with someone else. Amen. That's an African saying we, we've been sharing recently. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with someone. So, uh, and, and Christ himself was saying, let me yoke you. Let, let me teach you. And teaching is not just a, commu a, a, a oral communication. It's a conformity of my lifestyle, my, my purpose. And so when you're yoked... The younger uh, would be with the older and have to learn when to slow, when to speed up. And the master, the Lord, the keeper of the, of, the, of, the, of the two is the one who says when we rest, when we eat, when we sleep, when we play. And the Lord knows our need of all of these things. So being yoked with God, being, being active is not a bad thing. It's, it's an okay thing if you're yoked to the Lord who knows to give rest and push us and challenge us yes. to go beyond what we would want to do. Yes. And this is the life of the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's not, you know, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. It isn't about me saying, I take the lead and you follow me, Christ. Right. I can live in abundance. I can live in, in base. Yes. I can live in want and I can live in, in, in need. I can, in all things, I can be content. But I know to live in in. In, in, in everything and with nothing. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the Holy Spirit is leading the church today as we, as we reach more and more a population that ha is, doesn't even realize, doesn't know anymore about these Christian identity. The, the second point today is, is guide John 16, 13. We can read that scripture. And, you want me to read it? Yeah. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Just quickly about truth. You know, if you want the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, you ain't from my planet, man. That is not good stuff. I do not like the truth all the time. I don't want the truth all the time. And it starts with me. I am, I mean, that is, you, the whole truth, you really want it? Can you take it? No, we don't. But this is, this is what releases us. Yes. You know, the tough truth that we need to come back to in love is unbelievable. So I just so pray we can be real with one another and let the Holy Spirit be real with us in this season. Yeah, I just want to uh, uh, let you, I mean, uh, tell you a little bit of uh, what I've gone through. 
After all these years of serving the Lord, I was 18 and I'm 55. I mean, you know, but not long ago, it's funny how you will be led into the whole truth. You know, we hear scriptures, we believe in them, we think we walk in them, and suddenly the Holy Spirit opens your eyes. And it's like, ding, oh my, I never saw, I never understood the depth of it. And um, I was approached, um, uh, last year it was last year, I was approached by a lady at one of our pastor's gathering. And uh, she said, why don't we do anything uh, for women? And I, I never, I've never seen women or men being different. When I see somebody on the platform, I see ministry. I don't see if it's a man or a woman. I just don't. I, 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 I mean it. So I never saw the need of it. And uh, people would come to me and ask me, you know, why don't you do something with women? And you're a leader. Yeah, but uh, I, don't, I don't see what, the, what is the purpose of it. We don't need to prove anything. Men, like my husband, believes in God's calling on my life. So, you know, it, it, it starts there. Maybe the men should hear something. That was my... That was my, um, rep, rep, repli you know, replique. You know, I just thought, why, why, should we, why should we do something for women when men are the ones that should actually give the, you know, the, the nudge? And, uh, and then when that lady came to me and said uh, something, it, it just, it, it didn't sound like it, it used to be. It used to sound it stayed with me and it worked in me. And the next morning I thought, you know what, Lord, I think you're right. It's not for me, it's for them. Whenever you serve God, there are so many times you do things out of your own needs, of what you recognize as your need. It's not for the need of others or because of what God wants to do. And that's when it just really, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. And that, that's when that scripture came to me. And I thought, you know, the whole truth I, I believe God has called, um, uh, with no exception of uh, gender, you know, Greeks and uh, any, anyone who is willing to serve him. God will glorify and will use them as a, a vessel. And the, the thing is not to make a point out of it. So I really was uh, uh, dumbfounded, you say? Just like, oh my gosh, this is not for me. This is for the women who need to know that God is calling them. That's it. That's all. So, you know, whenever, whether you're a mother or not, but you're serving with the kids, sometimes we think, wait until you go through something. Jesus didn't go through sin to understand the sinners. Do we need to go through some things in life to really be servants? No, we need revelation. And we need to know that when God says something, it's for a purpose. And it makes you grow. It always makes you grow. It's made me understand women the way I've never understood them. Because I'm just a bit different, I guess, in our, in our marriage. We are, you know, Dan is going to be the more romantic, the more he will be uh, willing to talk more. Like, women are like that. They are romantic. They like to talk. They like to be listened to. And in our, in our marriage, we, uh, we are a little bit different. But uh, nevertheless, the most important is, not, is to make space, to make, to make room for whatever God has for the other. And to, re to, to let that take, uh, to take off, you know. And sometimes it, it makes you realize that you are not all. You can't offer all the, uh, what the other one needs. 
So that's why in ministry, when you are called, ministry is just living your life for God, right? It's not having just a diploma or recognition. It's already doing the work, like Dan was saying. You do the work. You, you go towards other people. You, you go out of your way for others. And then that's when you need to be led to be efficient. Because you can't just drain, you know, just... You can't, you, it's not because you have a green light that you should go. That I heard a, a woman, a leader, who told me that one time. She said, needs are like sometimes light bulbs, but you have to be careful. You can't respond to all the needs. You need to be led. And that's where, that's what I'm talking about. Whatever you do for God, be led to do beyond what you are already doing. Because that's, that's what God has called us to do, to be beyond what we are. How can he be glorified if we are just what we are? And sometimes we just stay ourselves, but God wants to do more than that. Where, where uh, uh, we, we stop being uh, human, he becomes divine. And that's where we want to go. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And uh, there's, there's no way we cannot be sensitive to culture and history. I was just up in Niger, in the north of, uh, above Nigeria. It's the Sahara Desert, 96, 7% Muslim. We have seen entire villages, probably over 100 villages come to the Lord. Amen. When we, Hallelujah. amen. Uh, we use medical mission but we, tra we have translations of the languages, multiple languages, and we show the Jesus film. And we, now we have little packets with solar powered. We've really honed it down, and we, we've equipped these men. When I go back in September, I promise you, they're going to come back and tell me there's another 200 villages, one for the Lord. There's, a, there's something going on that's incredible. And I brought up the issue of women in ministry. And their, their construct, their cultural construct was so uh, uh, foreign to this that I, I know God works with us. God works with us. And that's why when we look back at scriptures, I mean, God was willing for the hardness of man's heart to work with the issues of, of uh, Moses, the law, divorce. But it was never his intention. From beginning of Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God created man and woman. Did he create in his image? Women and man, he created in his image. God is neither one or the other. So the initial expression of humanity, women, your identity is Jesus Christ, God. Amen. Now the process of creation, the way it came to pass was later explained. It was a little different. But it's the, the initial, your identity is totally based on God. And so when we as men, we can, can just let the scales fall from our eyes and not just remember a few scriptures. Women tend to interrupt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> And men tend not to listen. Hello. You know, we tend to be kind of dumb in our spot. Why do I need an elbow of my wife, the Holy Spirit? Because I'm dumb half the time, spiritually. You know, and I need that help. It's not, like Martine said, we're not stereotyping. We, we ruined all the marriage counseling things we go to because we don't fit the protocol. You know, they're talking about women. That's me, Martine. What's going on there? And they're talking about men, and she goes, that's me. And I go, okay, we're okay. And then you find out everybody's a little bit like that, yeah. right? Yeah. But that we, uh, we just give such space to, to let ourselves be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. These are, these are original truths yeah. that the world and our culture and our, and our way we've been accustomed and our flesh on, gives into it. And the Holy Spirit brings us back to real truth. Yeah. 
And today, believe me, uh, nobody wants to take the place of someone else. You know, I try. And then God said, but everyone else is taken, Dan. You just be yourself. Okay, okay. And I'm a man, and I'm my way, and I come from my background. But when we just become secure in our identity, we realize that every child, every creation of God has a destiny and call. Who would want to limit or impose things on it? And, but we have to walk through that. And I think it's in, in community, as we see male and female child released to be the ministers, uh, the servants of God that we are. And that's, that's just really, I think, part of the whole work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I want us to go straight. You know, we said we're, we want to have a time of ministry here. We cannot recreate Pentecost, okay? You can go look back and you can say in Acts chapter 1, 8, why was the Holy Spirit going to come? Because we would be witnesses in Ju- Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. There is not a day of my life I'm not structuring my existence based on those realms of influence. I have Jerusalem's. I have Judea, Samaria. And when, when you look at a global, the global ministry we're in, for the Foursquare Church, it's a yeah. partnership. It's an ex- we have an apostolic thing going on that's amazing. Uh, we don't know how to count the numbers coming out of China. We can't always talk about it. We don't know how to count. You know, I work uh, with Nigeria. It's a powerhouse in West Africa. We're seeing revival. I work across the, the nations of the world. I just was preaching in Indonesia. The Foursquare Church has the largest church period in the country of Indonesia. Wow. And Indonesia is the most populous Muslim country on the face of the earth. So on a side note, I, we're, 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 we're not putting structure down globally, but we also realize we need to get, how do we align ourselves? So I'm a global chair with the leader of Turkey, Foursquare Turkey. Uh, that is the largest church in Turkey, the Foursquare Church. And that's about 11, 11 or 13 evangelical churches. Hallelujah. Man, that's cream. That's cream in Turkey. So in Indonesia, we got 23,000, 24,000. But it's so I'm me and the man from uh, the fellow from Turkey, we're we're coordinating globally Foursquare to help catalyze us and coordinate in a way our work into the Muslim world. Because and we call it love, loving your Muslim neighbor. And uh, not fear-based. The, the majority, it's not a fear-based thing. But um, uh, we, we, we can't create uh, the past. And Pentecost, the way Pentecost came, it, it was to empower us to work in Jer- Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And on that day, the tongues of fire fell down. Yes. Okay? And what I want to do is, is put up here a scripture in Acts. And, and I just want to read this one scripture and then the one that we need faith on. In Acts 2, 38 to 39, let, let's remember the promise. Um, we don't have, uh, when you fly a lot, you know, and, it, and it's such a joyful thing to be on the airplane of the Lord, there is not first class and second class, business class and economics, okay? Yeah. We are all on the same place. Right. The, the ground's level and only Jesus is at the cross. And look at this beautiful promise that, that Peter gave after the original breakout of Pentecost, when they, had, they were in the upper room and, and, and the Holy Spirit fell for the first time. And then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. There is a repentance that's initial and ongoing. Okay? I, I'm still becoming a Christian. I, I just want to confess that. I'm a believer. 
We can knock that one through, man. I'll go toe-to-toe with you. I'm a believer. I'm kind of convinced something happened, and I know. But I am becoming a Christian. I'm becoming Christ-like, okay? And so I don't distinguish the two. There's no confusion. I'm not having to be born again. Uh, But I am becoming. So it's a process. Uh, So... The, for the uh, baptism, which is an amazing thing, oftentimes if you're struggling with the release of your spiritual gifts, we know as ministers, as, as those who study the word, your water baptism is such an important thing. Yes. You know, God said that you, those who believe and are baptized will be saved. Yes. Those who um, uh, don't believe, you know, will be, uh, won't be. Right. Okay, the key for me, baptism is like, epitomizes discipleship. Your, your salvation in fear and trembling, the, the initial with God and the walk, is through a whole process. Baptism encompasses a discipleship thing. But it, it's the belief that saves us. Amen? And then on the cross, remember, the, 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 the thieves were there. And then to this day, he said, you'll be with me in heaven. So we don't turn that into a religious thing. But we do. Water baptism is a step of a powerful yes. obedience to Christ in your laying down your life with him and going down in that image of death and being yeah. resurrected. Yeah. So I encourage you. Yeah. It's something that happens that's unique. We that's shouldn't right. abandon it. it right. But there is something that happens that the Holy Spirit can come onto you and release the gifts. Yes. He says, but this is what he said. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, to as many the Lord our God will call. Yes. The promise of the Holy Spirit yes. is for all. And in Luke 11, 9, 11, we read, So I say unto you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who's asked receives, and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And I want to demystify spirituality right now. I'm just going to take a second. You see, I'm, I'm dressed this morning. You see me? Sometimes I get compliments. But she dresses me, okay? And I'm going to tell you how that happened. Now, many of you realize when you get married, you learn a lot. I learned a lot when I got married. I mean, I learned a lot of things I didn't even know. And we, still, you, we still are. We we're still are. learning. But what, what happened on that day is, is after, you know, I dressed myself for like, I don't know, 26, 7 years. I was okay. Every day I dressed myself. But I came out of the room after our marriage, and she was sitting there, and I just saw this, uh-uh, uh-uh. I went, what? She said, go change yourself. That done. I, I said, okay. I went. And I went and changed myself yeah. by myself. Yeah. I came back out, and she went, no, 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 no. She looked at me head. I said, what? She said, the socks and the shirt, and it doesn't go together. And I said, well, I went and tried one more time. And I came back, and she said, no, no, no. And I said, well, come with me. Just tell me what you want me to wear, because it's not very important to me. It didn't bother me. And if you saw how I travel today, she packs everything right down to the, to the undergarments with the socks. And, and one day, uh, a couple years after this, I, was, I took my shower. And I come out, and we were up, I was up in the upper floor. And uh, I walked out, and I 
began to look to get dressed, and I said, Martine, she was below. I said, where are my socks? This might happen in your house, too. And she goes, right there. And I looked a little more because I could see. I said, but Martine, where are my socks? And she said, open your eyes. They're right there. I said, uh-oh, I can't find them. So I looked, and I got really scared because I couldn't find them after that. And I hesitated, and I just hesitated, but I couldn't find them. I said, Martine. I yelled again, Martine, please. She, and then I, I didn't hear any response, but I heard the. <laughs> she came up the steps. And, and having taken my, my bath, my shower, I had the towel. I had thrown it on the bed. So I covered. And so she came straight to the bed and picked up the towel that I had thrown there. And she said, here's your socks. And the spirit of the Lord said to me, said, Dan, that's Revelation. Everything that is, is already. It's there for you. You don't have to seek it, make it up, look. It's already from before time. I need to open your eyes. I need to release you to grasp the things I want so desperately for you. And we, uh, we want to pray this morning. And we want to ask, I mean, Pastor Yui, we're going to see how we're led of the Spirit for everyone. But one of the things I want to say is many of you, you need to release the gift in you. Yes. And you know, speaking in tongues, and it, is, it, it, it doesn't make sense because you don't learn it. You know, you just got to let go. But I really have a feeling in my spirit, that if you, it's there for many people already. And God wants to not make, you know, but, but press in. We'll let the Holy Spirit today. And I, I just want to encourage you to seek the things of the Spirit. To seek this gift he has that, that can just affirm a lot of things yeah. and release it. Release it. Let God. And also it can be dormant. You, you've got maybe a little bit. You know, one time you tried, but, you know, it's like a, an appetite. You work it. Yeah. And more you speak in tongues and more it diversifies, it, it, becomes, it becomes part of you. Yeah. And more it becomes natural. So um, I encourage you, if you haven't for a while, just uh, uh, surrender yourself and just let God be God in your life. Let the Holy Spirit fill you up, like we said. Something that uh, 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 overruns should be of good quality, should be, shouldn't be leftovers. It should be fresh, renewed. So I encourage you to get there. It's right there. It's up to you to get hold of it. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We hope you were encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.